Welcome to Sidebar. Andy here, first Sidebar of 2022. Ooh. Hey, Veda He, how's it going? Happy New Year, y'all. <laughs> hey, Laura, how's it going? Hello. Good, good. Uh, guys having good... <laughs> you don't like doing intros, do you? Nah. Guys, are you... Y'all having, good, y'all having a good day so far? <laughs> there was a joke. There was... I was... It was, that was going to lead into a joke, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've been talking to you for the last hour and a half. So. <laughs> <laughs> what could be better? Okay, well, it's about to get a whole lot worse because we're going to talk about Prince Andrew. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I know your feelings on the monarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am. So that's the political position that I have no qualms about admitting openly on this show is that I am vehemently anti-monarchy. Um, so this should be a field day for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So to remind people, Prince Andrew is the son of Queen Elizabeth II and the brother of Prince Charles, the uncle of those princes. <laughs> those princes, William and Harry. We've always known that he is a big time loser. Um, <laughs> I've found some other some other nice uh, British British words maybe to describe him. A fop, mm. a fribble, and a <laughs> coxcomb. I don't know if we can say that last no, one. No, sorry. Co- no, coxcomb. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, that's just the thing yeah. on the rooster's yep. head. C- that's just yes. a little squiggly. Yeah, C-O-X-C-O-M-B. We can say that. Comb came out weird. (laughs) Um, I do really enjoy calling people fops. Like I, I, that is one that I use fairly often and Muppet. That's, that's a British one that I use a lot. He's also, also the ex-husband for Americans might uh, remember his ex-wife, Fergie, Mm -hmm. Sarah Ferguson, uh, who went on to parlay her. Not the Fergie. Not, not Not Black Eyed Peas. Not Black Eyed Peas Fergie, but Fergie. But Fergie, the Weight Watchers spokeswoman mm-hmm. of like the 80s and 90s and a far cooler, like <laughs> a far cooler person than Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've known all of these things about Prince Andrew, already a loser. Again, again to remind you, a loser sponging off the British taxpayers. We, you are having a field day with this and I love it. <laughs> we've, we've known these things about him long before. We also found out that he was close friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And in 2014, to kind of, you know, since we're a little pressed for time here, to compress the the timeline here a little bit. In 2014, Virginia Jeffrey alleged in an affidavit that Epstein paid her $15,000 in 2001 to have sex with Andrew in London when she was 17 years old. Andrew tried his hardest to deny that he even knew who this woman was until a picture with his with his Just arm around her Just smiling at the waist. camera like, oh was, my gosh. It was Andrew, Virginia Jufre, and then next to them was Ghislaine Maxwell, the, rec- the recently convicted. Yeah. Fast forward, Epstein's dead. It's June 2020, and it became known that Andrew is a person of interest in a U.S. criminal investigation. However, to this day, American authorities have not been able to interview him despite filing a mutual legal assistance request with the British government. Um, a criminal investigation in the UK has been closed, was opened and closed by, by Scotland Yard. So the big prince dingus <laughs> is fine in terms of his home country. Yeah. Um, the British government are just like ignoring the mutual legal assistance request? Sounds like it. I think so. The queen is, is apparently... Uh, by all accounts, fronting his his legal costs, which I hope, grown man Andrew, you feel very good about. 
and the royal like it's the royal purse mm-hmm. i mean like let's be honest who is she funded yeah. by yeah the taxpayers he also gave a like rambling shambolic interview in 2019 that could only be described as a catastrophic mistake on his part (laughs) (laughs) where where he tried to basically clear himself of any allegations uh in in which one of the things too was that in in jufre's account was she recalled him being very uh sweaty and he claims that he cannot sweat that's a bold claim to make. Like, because he is not a normal person. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's something medically yeah, wrong. Because he's, he's a lizard person. Um, that, that's, that's a medical issue that he should see a doctor about. Yeah. But so far, his legal team has refused to put forward any actual medical evidence that he cannot sweat. So... Epstein's dead. Maxwell's been convicted. A lot of the focus in the American press is now turned toward Prince Andrew um, because in August of 2021, uh, Jufre sued Andrew. She alleged alleging sexual assault and intentional infliction of emotional distress. She filed her claim under New York's Child Victims Act, which... Why New York? Uh, did she, you know, the, the incident took place in London. Uh, did she pick New York because she had some residency ties there? I think it's because New York has um, more of a look back window. Well, that's what I was about to that it has a look that law. Right. So she must have some kind of tie that they're allowing, but I don't know what it is. I assume she sued in New York because Jeffrey Epstein was kind of maybe trafficked her out of New York would be my guess. But this law, this law was passed kind of in response to the Catholic sex abuse scandal. It afforded a look back, a two year look back window, essentially allowing adults who were victims of childhood sexual abuse but the statute of limitations had long since expired it allowed it gave them time to come forward and file a lawsuit she did this like five days before that two-year window closed um so she got it in under the wire what then followed was a kind of months-long game of cat and mouse where andrew's legal team claimed that the that the prince currently again hiding out at a royal family <laughs> estate has not been had not been served um it was just a long no we didn't actually get the uh, the process which is always a like a really good legal argument <laughs> usually usually shows that you're very confident about yeah. the uh, about your ability to um <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> successfully defend yourself. So, and so now the case has really started moving forward. There were, have been a series of hearings in December and just a couple days ago, early in January, where Andrew's team has been making numerous claims trying to get the case thrown out. Um, so far, unsuccessful. Among those claims um, is that the age of consent at the time in New York State was 17. Mm. So he's claiming that that makes that the act unconstitutional, right? The New York Child Victims Act. Because it protects people under 18. Yes, that is an argument. They are making an argument that the Child Victims Act is unconstitutional. And that that someone, most likely Maxwell, would have to provide witness testimony to the fact that she was actually, quote, then sexually assaulted by Andrew and not and didn't consensually have sex. They also argue that Jufre is a resident of Australia and the and not the US and lacks standing to file the lawsuit. Uh, her team, however, argues that she maintains a residence in Colorado and is registered to vote there. Um, and her mother lives there. Yeah, it seems thus far the, the judges in this case are are not buying that jurisdiction argument. Yes. The other big one now that, ju- that was just heard in court the other day is a 2009 settlement for $500,000 between Jufre and Epstein 
was unsealed. And so in that agreement, it states that that Jufre, then then Virginia Roberts, her maiden name, quote, agrees to remise, release, acquit, satisfy, and forever discharge the said second parties and any other person or entity who could have been included as a potential defendant from all and all manner of action and actions of Virginia Roberts, including state or federal cause and Jeez. causes of action. And, so th- and this was connected to the big case against Epstein that was filed in Florida, right? Yes. The, the original case that Alex Acosta, then U.S. attorney who went on to be a secretary of labor in the Trump administration, really covered himself in glory in that, <laughs> um, in that, in that case by essentially giving Epstein the plea agreement of the millennium Mm -hmm. for a sex offender. So now Andrew's team is arguing that he is essentially indemnified because of this agreement that she made with Epstein. And so that was heard in court. And presiding judge Lewis A. Kaplan said, uh, the use of the word potential is the use of a word to which neither you nor I can find any meaning at all, adding that he would essentially want Epstein to be available to explain Mm -hmm. his view on the meaning of what potential defendants means. Which makes it very convenient that Epstein, you know, Pass. Right. He's, yeah, he's, Don't go. This isn't the podcast for that. He's he's about as unavailable as anybody can be. Um, we can all agree on the fact that Jeffrey Epstein is not available. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna just we're gonna start doing a conspiracy theories podcast. It's all so we're trying to figure out what this settlement agreement means. And it sounds like it was written very poorly. And so Judge Kaplan was saying that the wording of the agreement could be construed so that both Epstein and Jeffrey would have to jointly agree on whether the settlement could be used to release a specific person from liability. Mm-hmm. Since it just says any other person or entity who could have been included as an as a potential defendant. Andrew's arguing that would preclude basically any patrons of Epstein's services. Yeah, anyone connected to it. Yeah. David Boys, the litigation heavyweight who is representing uh, Jufre said the argument is totally BS because Andrew Andrew could not have been a potential defendant in the 2009 lawsuit because he was not subject to the jurisdiction of the Florida courts and was not the person mm-hmm. alleged to have trafficked Jufre for sex. He was just a, a John, essentially. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where in, yeah, in that original case, I could reasonably see how another potential defendant could have been Epstein's assistant, Sarah Kellen, I think. But yeah, if the allegation is that Epstein trafficked Jeffrey to Prince Andrew, then he, uh, yeah, in my opinion anyway, I'm not sure he's going to fall under this agreement. Ghislaine Maxwell would fall under it, right? Yeah, someone who is participating in the the actual trafficking. It sounds like it's going to be a question of statu- like not statutory interpretation, but like, yeah, contractual interpretation for the judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's expected to rule relatively soon on the matter um, because so far depositions are due by July. Let's say, I, I don't know where the royal family lands on settling, like if, if they just want to settle this. If they settle this, I suppose that's fine. But let's say it does go to trial and Virginia wins, right? What then of the enforcement? Because as I understand it, the U.S. does not have um, a reciprocal enforcement agreement with the U.K. So if 
she were to win like a monetary amount, that judgment can only be enforced in England at like their own common law by bringing a new action in their courts. I think our brave prince will probably <laughs> rely on the um, political weight of his mommy to <laughs> protect him in that case. And never set foot in the United States again. He is still under criminal investigation, mind you, in the U.S. The question about settling, Veda, he makes a good point, because I, as I was reading just a bunch of news articles of things over the last few weeks, things that have transpired in the, in the case, um, kind of the view of the outside expert lawyer that media has been interviewing seems to be kind of unanimous in that Andrew's legal team has spectacularly failed him by not settling this case <laughs> right. already. Right, nipping it in the bud. Yeah, because Discovery will probably, is not expected to be kind to the prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Andrew's team can make that argument about Virginia Jufre again all they want, but uh, she was the teen victim of sex trafficking so well and and you know you've got the court of public opinion too like it's it's already over in a lot of ways which obviously judge kaplan is probably probably has in the back of his mind because he's you know prince andrew is probably going to the civil trial is probably going to go forward would be my would be my guess quote here from gene christensen of Wigder LLP, a law firm, uh, kind of a litigation powerhouse firm that has represented many uh, victims of, you know, essentially the, some Me Too scandals, including Ep Epstein associate Leon Black. Isn't it funny how like a lot of these rich guys are just associates of Epstein? <laughs> um, yeah. She said that the 2009 agreement almost certainly does not cover Prince Andrew. She said, aside from the fact that it's horribly worded with overbroad, vague language, it really should not be sustained because it could cover anybody Epstein knows. I don't see how any person could fit within that definition without there being a second agreement that specifically names individuals, which we do not know if there's something like that which exists. Contracts like NDAs get thrown out for being overly broad and vague all the time. Mm -hmm. I hear the music coming over the hill, Prince Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> getting closer. Yeah, I think that's I think that's about as much time as my brain can devote to this. <laughs> I need to take 5 showers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Sidebar from Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. We'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcast at thompsonreuters.com. 